Hey everyone, this is Mike from You'll Probably Agree. It's been a long time since I uploaded anything uh, for the same reason that I think everyone on this planet has right now. And uh, I decided to make an episode about movies that we like to watch maybe when we're feeling a little down that can pick us up and make us feel a little better. Um, so before I start the episode, I just wanted to mention that, uh, I did this Skype conversation with Pat McDonald, Ian Simmons, and Don Shanahan, and it was all through Skype. So, you know, there's a little bit of technical hiccups, the audio breaks up here and there, but nothing too bad, but just a little something to keep in mind, and, uh, uh, one of our mics is a little hot, but... Uh, you know, with that in mind, I hope you enjoy the episode and uh, take notes from some of the suggestions of movies and television shows and what not to watch to make you feel a little better. And uh, I'm just uh, out there just hoping you all uh, feel okay and uh, hopefully you can watch something other than news to uh, <laughs> make you feel make you feel all right. Okay, guys. Thanks. Hey everyone, and welcome to You'll Probably Agree. We are all in our homes, in our bunkers, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I have Ian Simmons from KickingTheSeat.com, Don Shanahan from Every Movie Has a Lesson, and Pat McDonald from Hollywood, Chicago. And thank you guys so much for coming on. And uh, I didn't know how to do a podcast during times like i didn't know what to talk about because i'm like i don't want to talk about you know like uh movies about pandemics and the end of the world and stuff like that (laughs) there's so much despair right now and 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 pain it's like i wanted to find something positive but not a false positive like our president. Like your pregnancy test. Fine. <laughs> uh, uh, and then I think... Is, is Mike going to have a coronial right now? No. Came up okay. with the idea of, well, what movies do I watch that put me at ease when I'm going through something or a lot of bad things happen? Um, and I was just wondering from you guys... Uh, what movies you watch when maybe you want to get your mind off of things and bring you some joy in your life? Because that's really what I want to do is just bring people joy when they need it. Because I'm your savior. I look like Jesus. Uh, but no. <laughs> in your beneath the crucifix here. You're like, yeah, nice exactly. <laughs> I think I think the first of my apartment I'm in. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. The first thing that I wanted to say is I think. And, you know, I'm speaking to the crowd here as movie buffs. We have the advantage of, of uh, getting joy from movies. A lot of people, like my dad always says, why do you think so much about these films? You know, it's just entertainment. You know, you go and it's just entertainment. Some people think of them that way. They don't get that sort of, call that sort of joy from it. So I think it's an advantage to really love movies because it can be a, a guidance and an escape. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think in that entertainment, even if it is just entertainment, entertainment does give you that escape and it does give you that guidance. And when, when you can find something that can make you laugh 
uh, or, or give you some hope. Uh, I think that's something that can uh, really be beneficial. That, that, that's the power of cinema, whether it's a dumb yeah. comedy or, or an existential drama. Uh, so uh, I guess I guess I'll start with uh, I guess I'll start with uh, uh, with uh, who should I pick? Any, mini miny, mo. I'm picking at the screen. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think Pat seems ready. Uh, what, what oh, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, it, for me, the comfort food of cinema is always thinking about those times when I was a kid that I would watch movies on television. And uh, when we, when I was a kid, it was the big CBS, like, Friday night movie, Thursday night movie. And they always had a collection of films there that, um, you know, I, I, even to this point in my life, I always can go back to and say, oh, that makes me feel better. Things like The Great Race, The Music Man, Good Neighbor Sam, Gay Paris, The Great Escape, The Incredible Mr. Olympic, things like that um, always, you know, bring a, a sense of comfort. Maybe it's a little nostalgia, but it's also the familiarity of it. Like you wrap that around you to, you know, get your mind off things. And, uh, you know, so I have several categories here, but I just wanted to mention that category first and ask everybody else, is there any films that give you a sense of nostalgia that you kind of go back to uh, every so often. Well, Good question. <laughs> go ahead, John. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm now that I have children of my own who are seven and five, and we have a Disney Plus subscription. I think we we find ourselves watching the Disney classics a lot, you know, because that's comfort food. Those are sixty to eighty minute easy movies that are gorgeous that are cute they're funny that they, you know good music they're beautiful to look at where that's probably the easiest comfort food on on the general list is is going to a disney classic the golden era that's cool yeah ian do you have any movies that come to mind when uh nostalgia i mean that, that's the thing it's like i don't i don't have a lot of time to just watch movies that aren't for a particular podcast or something yeah so for this for this episode I came up with a list of movies that I would like to watch during this uh, this whole pandemic because I'll have free time, um, yeah. and I chose movies that I plan to watch that are that are hopeful. So, in the nostalgia category, it doesn't go back that far, but you know, Galaxy Quest is one, um, and uh, Better Off Dead I think is the other you know the oldest one, and that's actually the VHS tape I mentioned that I have behind me from an old video <laughs> store. Um, uh, those yeah. are just your story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, those are just wacky, uh, kind of fun spirited comedies, you know, better off dead is, uh, it's almost like the airplane of romantic comedies, you know, a bunch of sight gags and, uh, all of that stuff. Um, and then galaxy quest is, you know, it's a star Trek takeoff, but you know, star Trek was a hopeful vision of the future, which I think aligns with what we're talking about here. But it's also a loving comedy made by people who grew up watching Star Trek and loved it and saw a new way to kind of take it into a new uh, new era generation of fans. Oh, yeah. You know, I've never seen Galaxy Quest and I've heard things about it because I'm like, oh, it's a Tim Allen movie. I know exactly what it's going to be. And apparently it's not at all 
like what you think it's going to be. I wanted to mention one thing about Galaxy Quest. George Takai said that when he saw that movie, he said if the crew of Star Trek, the actors in Star Trek had gone there, he would think that William Shatner would have been like uh, Tim Allen in that movie. Isn't that funny? Oh, my God. Yeah, I know a lot of people uh, who were on the cast of Star Trek weren't big fans of Shatner. (laughs) No, no. And that's why he said it was accurately portrayed. Huh. Oh, so I, I have an idea of what Tim, Allen char- Tim Allen's character is like. Well, I, I got to say, um, you know, I don't know how many Tim Allen movies you've seen. I've only seen, you know, a handful. Um, but you've heard <laughs> no that biography. it is. Well, yeah, it's, you've, you've heard that it's not like other Tim Allen movies. It's not, but it also is. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about, I don't know if you ever saw The Santa Claus. Oh yeah, um, but th- that's kind of like a weird situational comedy, but it's got a tremendous uh, heart to it, and kind of a you know a, a tear jerking uh, finale in, in some cases. Not necessarily with Tim Allen's character, but uh, there's a really touching scene with uh, Alan Rickman uh, in the climax that is both you know it's it's very sad, but it's also it leads to a great kind of a kick-ass moment. So yes, mm-hmm. definitely seek out Galaxy Quest. I think it's it's just the remedy to cheer you up during this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny when we were talking about nostalgia, and we were talking about. I think someone referenced airplane. Like two of the movies that I had on my list, actually. Uh, one movie I I think the first movie I went to when this pandemic started, or like a little before it started, was Naked Gun, because I like I remember watching it with my dad as a kid. It's something I could watch with my parents, and it is. The funnest goofball comedy ever. I mean, the timing in it is brilliant. Like, if you look at the timing of Naked Gun One's joke compared to the sequels, they progressively become a little, like, a, a little too fast in their pace. The third one's going so fast that, like, you almost like can't even catch every joke. Uh, which I guess is kind of the idea. I didn't even know, like, it was actually based on a television show. Oh until yeah, oh, yeah. A couple years ago, and I went, "Oh my God, there's a whole show of this." Which I don't yeah, know. You should pick up the. Uh, they, there's a collection of the show, uh, TV shows you should pick up. So uh, I, I I think they're funnier than movies, but oh wow, yeah, yeah. So, yeah but that, that but the movies did a good job of getting what they did in that series. So yeah, oh, yeah. And the, and the greatest thing is, it's just fun to watch O.J. Simpson continually get beat <laughs> up. You know, especially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After we found out all about him. And then when I go back to nostalgia today, I like, especially with the news today, I just couldn't watch anything. And then the, I just browsed through Amazon and Last Action Hero by Clarkson popped up. And that movie's all about nostalgia. And I think nostalgia is effective because it brings us to simpler times. But the great thing about it is, is like, Think about like when, uh, think about our kids and what they'll be nostalgic for when we're adults, and then retroactively we'll become nostalgic for that too. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, musical fans? I'm a musical fan, so I get a lot of comfort yeah. from those, like hippie musicals like Hair and Godspell and Jesus Christ Superstar as oh, a guilty yeah. Catholic. And uh, the Bob Fosse musicals, I love Sweet Charity and Cabaret and all that jazz. And it was funny because, you know, as a naive boy growing up, I, I 
used to collect soundtracks or, you know, Broadway show tune soundtracks. And then later when I moved to the city, I understood the stereotype about that for some <laughs> I was like, I just liked them. So that's definitely the that's definitely one of the things I go to is musicals. Yeah, well, there is certainly a wonderful presence between the stage and then the screen with musicals, especially with the screen where the camera pinpoints exactly where the audience should be looking. And like I remember since I was a kid, uh, till today, my my sister would always give me crap about buying you movie soundtracks. Instead of like stuff from popular artists, and she says, "Why don't yeah. I listen to regular music?" It's like because this is what I like. Yeah. Well, speaking of musicals, I just was reminded of uh, La La Land uh, from a yes. few years ago. Um, and the thing that strikes me most about thinking about that movie now is how many people were dancing around outside. I mean, that. <laughs> so Did you see them? Did you yeah. see them dancing in the sky? <laughs> well, I can't. I you know, watching TV commercials today is strange. Not only because there's an eerie amount of companies that seemed so prepared for this. There's all these like, you know, oh, we yeah. understand that you're practicing social distancing, and you know, there's, there's like a Toyota or something like no, you know, no payments until this crisis is over. That kind of thing. Like Jesus. But then there's also the canned commercials that were made, you know, within the last couple of months where you've got people palling around and they're like, let's get together and go to this party. It's just, it's very strange. Yeah, but, it's weird to see people in huge social gatherings, like in any form of media now. It's like, oh, I remember when I used to go to bars. Car ads, <laughs> are, so, car ads are so bizarre anyway. I mean, it, it seems like it's the only thing on the air now. There's no variety of commercials except for car ads. Uh, constantly it's so strange to me it's like i want to live in that universe because they're all so happy and there's never any traffic yeah. so. i know i know one of the suggestions i was bringing to the list tonight i kind of made like a list of six things all of them are like found on streaming one of them enables us to kind of make fun of somebody who we probably made fun of 20 years ago because he was so weird about being clean and uh as good as it gets with jack nicholson it's oh yeah it's available on cbs and amazon prime right now and like um like back then we're like oh come on what, you know wasting a bar of soap on one hand wash and all the different <laughs> ocd things that he does i think we could laugh at that movie with great jest today if we were to watch it as a comfort food kind of film in this kind of time where all of his little quirks and things we are probably actively practicing right now as if we're like you know, strong solidarity, and we're like, what a weirdo back then in '97. So, <laughs> how crazy will it be if Howie Mandel gets the coronavirus? Right. Well, someone would have to cough on him or something because he never shakes hands. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, literally like a glass house next to his house that he stays wow. in. What? what um... What was the catchphrase in As Good As It Gets? What does he eventually say? On the bright side of your it's life. It's sort of like you had me a hello, but it's something else. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, try some crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. <laughs> I mean, he's got lines he in there. Said, he one. says something to the main gal in that. I can't. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Oh, you maybe want to be a better man. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Thank you. I think yeah. at the end of this, we'll want to be better people. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. 
you know, um, no, I, I remember actually seeing uh, as good as it gets as a kid in the theater. And, you know, I wasn't target audience. You know, I liked Terminator and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. You dragged into that one. <laughs> out of that movie. And I loved it. Like, it's one of the few romantic comedies that, like, still holds up today as it did back then. Easily. Greenplay is just brilliant. Mm -hmm. I I mean, all the characters are so distinct right here as the highly intellectual, very sensitive gay neighbor that didn't, that wasn't played like this ridiculous you know 90s i'm gay let's go to the shopping thing you know he's jerry lewis sort of cliche (laughs) (laughs) and you had one who was a struggling waitress who lives with her mom and you have jack nicholson who is like the crazy ocd guy but at the same time kind of how blunt and rude he was like he he was kind of like pre-larry david where he just kind of like said what he thought and the audience is like, yeah, he's kind of right about that, but he's still a jerk. And it's just amazing how those characters mold together. Yeah. And, oh God, there's just so many moments in that film that work so well. I I think another movie in that ballpark, um, also streaming, it's a Netflix one right now where, where craziness is, is softened and romanticized to a way where we can enjoy it and smile and laugh is Silver Linings Playbook from 2012. Mm-hmm. You know, where you have crazy characters who are eclectic and odd and strange, and we don't have professional sports right now to do all the Philadelphia Eagles betting that's in that movie. But, <laughs> you know, um, but for if you're looking for a Netflix and chill movie where you, you want to take some of the crazy that we feel like in our world and all the depressive picadillos that we have, but celebrate them and watch them kind of bloom a little bit, that's a fun place to go for this time, you know, what we're talking about tonight. That, that was actually a very hopeful film for me because yeah, I def- have, like had some uh, mental issues uh, <laughs> and just seeing like that come together who are both mentally unstable like that that was actually a very I think that's David O Russell's best film easily it, it's it's one of the better depictions of mental illness that I've seen uh, put on <laughs> film. But yeah, to be able to watch a film like that with all those issues and still smile, that, that we can yeah. use that right now. It inspires hope and it doesn't and it's not tacky in a way. Yeah. You know, yeah. where it does. You know, was, uh, oh go ahead, Pat. Well, I was just gonna say I'm gonna switch it around a bit. One of the categories I have is political films. For some reason that gives me I, I like scenarios that are played out, whether they're true or not. Um, to, you know, give me a sense of, you know, the type of world we live in. Like, uh, I just recently watched again Seven Days in May. That's one of my favorite films, Mm. I swear to God. Just because of um, the possibility of a military coup in the United States, given what we're we're going through right now, it it just really resonated for me. I I wouldn't call it comfort so much, but the the, the mechanism the, the mechanics of, of how our uh, government and society works. Uh, it's always been fascinating to me. And, and for some reason, I always like advise and consent, all the president's men, the Manchurian candidate, JFK, all those films for some reason give me a sense of, uh, I don't know, connection, if, yeah. if anything else. 
I see that Seven Days of May is available like on the Criterion channel right now, and I gotta think there's a wealth of stuff you can get on it, something like that. So yeah, yeah, I'd like to see that background stuff. Well, no, this is, this is uh, oh, that's right. Um, well, this is great because uh, I just wrote down those last three movies we talked about because I saw as good as it gets. I was, I think, 20 when that movie came out, and I didn't connect with it at all. Yeah. But I have this, it's, it's a weird nostalgia for a movie I didn't like. In a frame, I'm in a frame of mind now where I feel like that's a movie I could like if I went back and gave it another view. I think um, you would. Yeah, and I've never seen Silver Linings Playbook. That one escaped Ooh. me when it came out. Uh, and I've never seen Seven Days in May, but I've heard about it. So uh, mm -hmm. th you guys are adding to my, my bunker list. This is wonderful. There we go. <laughs> I'll circle back to a little one before we lose musicals too far. Um, over on Hulu and sometimes on Canopy, I loved two years ago, um, I loved Hearts Beat Loud with uh, Nick Offerman and Kiersey Clemens, this father-daughter oh, yeah, uh, yeah. story. That's yeah. a one. Really, not, just like, I know it's not a pure musical, but just the the beat and the jump of that movie, Tony Collette in there a little bit, but just this father and daughter that are bonding over music in the summer before she goes to college. Uh, it's the best I've ever seen Nick Offerman, not, of course, being Nick Offerman. And yeah. uh, it's, um I think it's Brett Haley, the director who just got done doing like The Hero and uh, some little films like that. He's just a nice up-and-coming filmmaker. Easy little Hulu watch. Um, great soundtrack. Just a bouncy, fun, good movie and, and enough father daughter heart that'll get you right in the feels at the same time that you're tapping your toe and getting into the beat so hearts beat loud on on hulu is another one i dropped there i asked yeah i asked offerman about that film where i got a couple questions on the red carpet for him and he said that uh, he had to learn guitar yeah. so he could be a passable hack guitarist <laughs> right right that film, which I, I really like that he really has to jam in that movie too. He like yeah. he can't hide it, you know. Nope. It's a it's well, a front and center for him. It was just he said it was just constantly practicing guitar, which mm. is great for his yeah. skill. It's funny how Pat mentions political films because sometimes when you are down, you don't want to watch something that's gonna force you to feel happy. Sometimes I want to watch something that's depressing. Wallowing it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, just to make me feel what I feel so that I can move on to something like that. You know? I think Pat I think Pat picked the right genre or subgenre with political films because you might wallow, you might look at society and go, gosh, man, it could it be, ever be as bad as this. But those movies are normally very smart enough to just keep you interested and keep you exactly. engaged in, with the woulda, couldas and the, and the thinking exactly. part of it where – those are thinking man's wallowing movies if you want to go there, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, you could look at Ken Burns' Civil War and go, oh, wow, we have had it worse than this. Yeah. <laughs> That's Still, true. You know, I just recently went through that whole thing again. That's oh, that. That's excellent, yeah. It was on Netflix, and I just, you know... Oh, yeah. I started watching the first episode and went through the whole thing again. Yep. Shelby wow. Foot and that fiddle shows up, and you're gone. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Then you can watch Ken Burns baseball. You can be free online, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Major League is another film I love watching. <laughs> Although now I'm kind of sad watching it because there's no baseball season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, the Cubs won't win the World Series, so that makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe that's what you can do is just figure out, like, find out what the, the, the Cubs schedule would be 
And then mm-hmm. instead of those games, just watch a baseball movie on every night that they would have been <laughs> yeah. playing. Today was supposed to be opening day in Milwaukee, as a matter of fact. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Alibi. You want to see an old-timey uh, baseball movie that's great, Alibi Ike. With Joe, Joe E. Lewis from, um, from uh, Some Like It Hot. He played the, uh, played the old millionaire in that, you know, the nobody's perfect guy. Yeah, but he yeah. plays a, he plays Chicago Cub pitcher in this, and in, in one scene they're playing in Chicago at night, and you see palm trees in the background. So. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's Seriously. the name of that film? Alibi Ike. Alibi Ike. From the very very early Olivia de Havilland film, I think it was her like maybe second film, if I'm not mistaken. Wow, and she's yeah. still with us, kicking in a hundred and three. Oh, so. funny. God. Olivia de Havilland from Gone with the Wind and and Robin Hood, she's still alive. She's 103, living in Paris. It's amazing how... uh, How lasted Mickey Rooney. Yeah, Kirk Douglas. Who who is the... I can't remember her name, but she was in West Side Story and she played the nun in Oz and she's still an incredible... Oh, uh, Rita Moreno. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, she looks incredible today. It's, I, I get like how the, how the hell do you look at? And it's not like work being done on you. Mm, you know? I don't know. It's just natural beauty. Yeah. So feel yeah. the run still kicking in. Still looks good too. Yeah, I, I do it. You know. Every- <laughs> <laughs> well, you I know. have this, no discerning taste though anymore. So <laughs> once you get past a certain age. <laughs> Yeah. Something else I like to watch that makes me feel good is I like to watch really bad movies, like just movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got one for that list for you. Oh yeah. Um, oh boy. Well, I mean, it's not a well, it's not like a bad movie, but it's not. I don't know if it's you know, I think it's become dated in the 15 years since. But like the 40 year old virgin, which is hilarious, but yeah. Oh, not the. I wouldn't call that a bad movie, but it's not you know. Hey I kids, let's sit around and watch the 40 year old version, you know. Me. So. <laughs> but uh, I know that's go ahead. You know, but it's available on streaming on a uh, flick fling or something like that. And it's uh, you know, obviously it's it's fun for Steve Crow and all that, but it's not like a highbrow situation there where oh. you're just watching for good entertainment. So. Yeah. Uh, there, um, I I like the beach movies of the '60s for really yeah. bad movies. They're they're just terrible, but they're so weird. They're fascinatingly weird because they're so bad. You know, and all, all those like. A, uh, was it American International films uh, that they did during the '60s? All those teen movies—they're ah, great to revisit and and just you know lose your you know lose your mind for an hour and a half. All those like old Elvis movies. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> just all interchangeable. <laughs> well, but, Pat, I think we talked about uh, King Creole. And I just, much like Joe, I just found out that they're releasing King Creole on Blu-ray soon. Wow. Well, also, another fact is on Netflix, they just released the movie Curtiz, which is about Michael Curtiz, who directed Casablanca. He directed King Creole, too. Yeah. <laughs> he oh, had 160 films of it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's an astounding uh, uh, filmography that started in 1912 and ended in 1961. 
Wow. He knows the entire modern era of film, basically, the first era of film. Yeah, he went through all the stages. The studio system, you know, the independent, it's crazy. Silent stuff, yeah. yeah. Silent, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking of actual bad films, like, outside of the room, like Samurai Cop. Uh, I actually <laughs> just saw, I didn't see all of Dolomite's My Name, but I saw the original Dolomite. And God, the fight choreography. I have not watched that. Is it good? The original Dolomite, what is it called? It's just called Dolomite. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I love Dolomite, my name. It, it is, it, like, I didn't know if I'd get into a whole black exploitation film, but I absolutely loved how bored uh, Randy Ray Moore is. Is that his name? Rudy Ray Moore. Mm -hmm. Rudy, Rudy Ray Moore, yeah. Um, just how bland his dialogue is, but immediately when he yells "motherfucker," he springs to life. <laughs> Don't we all? No reason. <laughs> and the, just the fight choreography is wonderfully terrible, where you're just watching people waiting to get hit. I mean, those are movies that are just fun to watch. Like if you're in a situation with your roommates, for instance, and you just want to watch something to laugh at, that that that's a that's a great one to go to. I mean, when I go down in the South, I noticed that Pat was wearing an old Superman shirt earlier. Uh, th that's another one. The original Richard Donner Superman films uh, are... Uh, that, that yeah, those are great. ...way into comic book storytelling as movies. Oh, yeah. my God. Ed Wood's amazing. Give him the balls here. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh. <laughs> Ed Wood, yeah. There you yeah, go. Talk about a movie about making movies from a guy who, like, just, like, he was the original bad filmmaker, and I think he ended up making, like, porno films. Like, I think I saw a part of one of them because uh, reasons. Uh, no, I just get it. <laughs> but uh, essentially, like, that, that, that was probably Tim Burton's best movie. And also, that, that, that one is kind of comfort food, like, regarding someone who just, you know, nobody believed in him, and now he's a legend. You know, and he did all right. You know, after the end, but yeah, Ed, Ed Wood is a, a fantastic movie because, like, Plan Nine from Outer Space is, you know, it's kind of a, a trash film. But watching Ed Wood, you gain a new appreciation for it because you understand all the passion that went into making this movie. Like, he swung for the fences. He wasn't trying to make a bad film. No. He thought he was making, you know, a, a, his version of a sci-fi masterpiece. Uh, it's very endearing, and, you know, uh, Johnny Depp and uh, Martin Landau, just fantastic team-up, and, uh, yeah, that's another kind of a heartstrings movie with, you know, Tim Burton behind, you know, behind it all, of all things. I often, I often see, like, the Ed Wood in, in modern independent films, you know, because so many people want to make movies that they tend to use some of the Ed Wood techniques, whereas you're making a movie in four days, so you're not retaking anything. You're just moving on. <laughs> and then you put it together, and you max out your credit cards, and you get depressed because everybody thinks it's bad. But uh, <laughs> Don't you want to do another take? He shook half the set. He would have struggle going through that door every day. 
It was perfect. <laughs> oh my! God. I, I got I gotta watch Ed Wood again. Yeah, it, it's so good because the best bad movies are the ones made by filmmakers who don't think they're making bad movies. Right. It's when they think they're make when they're when they're going oh this is intentionally a bad movie then it's just boring. <laughs> but oh yeah, I still I still have not to this day watched all of Birdemic. Um, I heard uh, I, I heard from everybody like, oh, this is the, the successor to the room is the worst movie ever made. And I just it was just boring to me. Um, yeah. I, I turned it off after, I think, 15 minutes, whereas the room, I think, is a genuine bad movie masterpiece because mm-hmm. Tommy Wiseau is a maniac and he thought he was like making art and until he decided to claim otherwise. No, it was the weirdest thing is uh, I read the book. I didn't see I haven't seen the room yet, but I read his book. And when um, Franco got the Golden Globe, he wouldn't let him talk. He wouldn't let Winslow talk. And, he, <laughs> and the book starts out, he's in traffic, in Golden Globe's traffic, that's when he decides to make a movie. So it would have been a complete coming to the, to the full circle, but Franco wouldn't let him talk. In fact, he imitated <laughs> him talking rather than let him talk. So. There's so much that the disaster artist the movie missed that was in the book and i mean in terms of like tommy Wiseau, you could tell he wouldn't let certain things from the book be in the movie that you know really would have capitalized you never know that was franco's game yeah i'll drop uh, one more suggestion out there where um a lot of us because we're stuck inside and we're we're you know scrapping for groceries and things like that during this time i love a good food movie so Uh like um so like on the on the streaming service Canopy and a little shout out to Canopy which you can get with your library card, uh, fantastic service of movies. They have a twenty four great documentaries. Um, I know uh, Brian Tellerico was was researching like uh, where you can stream Roger Ebert's great films and uh, like hundred and twelve of them are on the Criterion Channel. Second place is Canopy. Canopy is hundred and seven of Roger Ebert's like great movies and uh, one of them that's on there that I would love watching just for comfort food is Big Night. With mm-hmm. Stanley Tucci and uh, oh, why did his name fall right out of my head? Um, oh, he's from Monk. Tony Shalhoub. Oh, Tony okay. Shalhoub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so Shalhoub and Tucci playing these restauranteur brothers who are hoping to get score uh, uh, Louis Prima to come over to the restaurant for dinner, and which would boost business during a tough time. And it's just such a good food movie. The way they create these dishes and have this big party and the music and the fashion and it's Tucci directing, which is fun. And yeah, and a little buried treasure from 96, which is pretty good. And oh. also, uh, uh, Tony Shalhoub also in galaxy quest. He really knows how to create a character. I mean, even Mrs. Maisel, I'm kind of getting sick of his character, Mrs. Maisel, but, uh, I can't deny that he created yet another memorable character. Oh yeah, he really knows how to play off of his own eccentricities, but he doesn't yeah. just kind of play a singular note character or something where it's like I'm gonna be the silly goofy guy like Johnny Depp does with so many roles, and then when Johnny Depp tries to be serious, he's just boring, and mm-hmm. then you know he's not like, and then when he actually when Shalhoub does do a serious role, he's interesting. You know, I remember um, I can't remember the name of the film. But I saw it once, and it was a Coen Brothers film, and it was with Billy Bob Thornton, and he played this barber. Where the man who wasn't there. 
Yes, the man. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, the black and white one. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, another one where he's great. Yeah, fantastic in that movie. I love that movie. Yeah, um, that's but just... God, I haven't seen that since it came out. Now that you mentioned like food movies, I I just think of that end shot in Ratatouille. There when, you go. Like pours the little sauce. I just want to go to an Italian restaurant or get some Italian food. I know. <laughs> we can't go out right now, so we got to watch it at home. Like, ah. But, well, you know, uh, Olive Garden is doing two-for-one entrees. You can get that uh, pickup. And, you know, maybe, maybe if you can peer in the window and watch them drizzle or something. Yeah. <laughs> Olive Garden, when you come with your family, you get coronavirus. Right. <laughs> well, when you come with your family, you get some kind of an STD and possibly hauled into court. <laughs> Sorry. What? That Nothing. stuff doesn't happen in Chili's, though, guys. Come on. <laughs> oh, God. Chili's with their disgusting refried food. Oh, God. I remember the Chili's in my neighborhood got shut down because some guy didn't wash his hands. So that, oh. that was like way back. That's a whole Yeah. <laughs> we could all watch the aviator and be like, he was right. <laughs> Yeah, I, there's, you know, a thousand Facebook memes going around, but one of them is that, you know, after this is all over, people are just going to greet each other with the uh, the Vulcan hand salute. Yeah, I can't, can, uh, 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 fuck. Wrong hand. There you go. Larry Neboy did a very funny commercial for Advil or something where he, he was, he, he, Touted the uh, pain relieving aspects because he had to go out and do that. So. <laughs> my uh, my letter Nimoy circle this week was he directed Three Men and a Baby, which I watched on Disney Plus this week. There yeah, you go. I yeah. forgot that. Wow, Leonard Nimoy, three sitcom yeah. stars and a baby. Yeah, <laughs> easy. I was kind of going back to old dad TV shows like when I. Uh... Like the shows my dad watches, like I, uh, I think he had like Hill Street Blues on. Mm-hmm. I, saw I, love that. I love Hill Street Blues. It, it, it's funny how exa- how over the top that show is. Like I, I ran into one scene, and these people are in a courtroom, and someone pulls out a gun and shoots somebody, and then the lawyer pulls out a gun, mm-hmm. and then the judge pulls out a gun. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> it's gonna be like curated. <laughs> There. Uh, yeah. I just watched seven, all seven seasons of Hill Street Blues are on Hulu, so that's a fun circle oh, really? to go down right there. Yes, sir. Wow, because that was what that was one of my dad's like favorite shows, but mm-hmm. I was way too young to to get yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, my, my parents were the nighttime soaps, so like Dynasty, Falcon, Crest, Dallas. <laughs> that's what I got when I was a kid, which I, I shouldn't have got. Not well, you know, and, and, and the thing again. When we were watching, and so there was only three channels, so I knew a lot of households where dad just watched westerns and cop shows. But thank God, my dad loved comedy, so we watched all the sitcoms. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like growing up with my sitcoms, like I, I'm a Frasier guy. I really like that show. It has a lot of heart. It still holds up. Uh, you remind me of Frasier. I do. Hey, there you go. Thank you guys uh, so much for coming on. Um, Is there anything anybody would like to plug before we take off? Nah, I'm okay today. Hit it. (laughs) Every 
everyone just support each other. This will get better eventually. Uh, but for right now, I mean, I don't know any other moment in history where people will tell you what I want you to do is stay home and watch Netflix and play and chill. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Netflix chill. They were sold out of condoms in my uh, Walgreens by me. I don't know why. And wow. so Magnum condoms, Gotta like, okay, sure, guys. You're, you really are using those. Uh, <laughs> you guys. Especially not me. Um, and uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. On that note, uh, thank you, everybody, <laughs> for coming on. Go, go watch uh, something that'll make you relax. Avoid outbreak. Avoid pandemic. Uh, and go watch something that brings joy to your heart, whether it be a musical or a old superhero movie or a bad film. All right. Thank you, everyone. Uh, goodbye. Uh, and uh, live long and prosper. Uh, You'll get it. <laughs> that's right. right. And goodbye. Good night, fellas. Good night, fellas. Goodbye. Night.